0: Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Marnie's Friends, the online training show where experts share insights into aspects of life and leadership that take you from surviving to thriving ASAP. Right now, you are about to discover practical, doable success strategies to shorten your learning curve, increase your productivity, and skyrocket your delight in life. Be sure to thank today's guests by sharing this program via your favorite social media outlet and swing by Marnie.com and give me a shout out too. Now let's get going with today's episode of Marnie's Friends. Hey everybody, welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Marnie Sleberg and I welcome you back to another edition of Marnie's Friends. Today we're talking about how to keep moving towards your God-given goals despite (laughs) being scared (laughs) and during the next hour, our guest, Dr. Cheryl geiser is going to help you discover the number one weapon to use against doubt and fear, what to do when life engulfs you, a true story about Mother Teresa's doubt and what we can learn from her life, how to boldly confront your fears and doubts without shame or inhibition, what to do when the answers just won't come, How to handle your Moses moments, those times when you're sure God's chosen the wrong spokesperson. How to view doubt as a friend versus foe and what to make of life's most confusing circumstances even in the midst of the chaos. Dr. Giesbrecht shares messages of hope and healing with women worldwide both in person and through her books, and also via her weekly television broadcasts and in small groups, mentoring sessions with single moms and others. A global influencer, Cheryl's dynamic life, faith, and story of overcoming the sudden death of her husband have catapulted her into our hearts. She is the author of four books, including her new release, It'll Be Okay. And you can learn more about, over her, uh, about Cheryl over at her website, From Ashes to Beauty.com. Welcome to you, Cheryl. Hi, Larnie. Thank you. Well, it's so great to have you here, and you know what? Any minutes with Cheryl are good minutes, so I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and you are, um, you and I have been literally around the world together, and uh, you're one nice. of my favorite people. You know, they they say Thank you know you. if you want to get to know somebody really well, go camping with them, and it's kind of a little bit more intense than camping to go to Africa together. So. Yeah, we first met in Amsterdam in the airport. <laughs> that was fun. Exactly. And then, you guys, uh, we went on, and, and uh, uh, Reverend um, Sharon Herkins was with us as well, and we all met for the first time in Amsterdam, went on to Africa for uh, 12 days of ministry over there. And what was really fun was that even though we had just met face-to-face for the first time, Over there in the Netherlands, when we got to Africa, the comment we heard was, You guys are just like one person, that that God just really bound us together and united us in ministry and focus. And that's one of the things I love about you, Cheryl, is you're just on track with Jesus. And so you get on track with his girls. (laughs) It was an honor. It was really great. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, it was an honor to serve with you, Marnie. And thank you for inviting me. And God put that team together, didn't he?
0: Boy, he, he really did. You know, it was so funny how he put it together because I couldn't decide. I had so many submissions from gals from womenspeakers.com who wanted to go with, and I could not decide. I had narrowed it down to like 15 or something, and I couldn't decide. And finally, I was just like, okay, God, I'm just going to turn them upside down and pick two. <laughs> so he really did literally put us together, and we were we were just an amazing um Three pronged team, and God was very merciful and powerful on that trip. Well, Cheryl, as I introduce you to my audience here, there are some people who probably don't know who you are and are kind of curious why you're the person to listen to about this. But I just want to encourage you, listeners, that um, Cheryl's been through a lot of things in her life. And uh, maybe, Cheryl, I already mentioned and um, death of your husband, Pastor Paul, but mm-hmm. uh, maybe go back a little bit and just tell us about, uh, just very briefly about growing up. And, And what you have come through.
1: Mm, Thank you. Well, I got into some trouble when I was a teenager. And with that, God helped me through a very difficult time of rebellion. With that, I um, actually am a drug addict because my teen years ended up being, I got addicted to drugs and all the things that go with that lifestyle. And then um, God healed me from the addictions. I went on to Bible school, went on to marry a pastor, and then several years after that, we moved up here to Bakersfield, his hometown in California. And uh, then had a couple kids, had some financial troubles, that God helped us get through that. But then the hardest thing besides the death of my first husband was going through cancer. I had stage 4 non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, so it was in my bone marrow in five places in my body. And God, again, came through and healed me from that awful disease. And it was through the prayers of his people, but also because I knew that God had more for me to do. But I'm thankful for the many ways that he's healing me and delivering me from now things that are happening in my life, even today.
0: Yeah, it, and you know, your your stories that you just told us were enough to just be breathtaking but it's not all is it i mean there's been more things there's been more hardships there's been things that you can't you know explain about on this show there's just not enough time to go into how god has been faithful through some really Amen. devastating experiences in life, and you guys, if you were to meet Cheryl face-to-face, you're meeting her on the air today, but when you meet her face-to-face, you will just not see any of that. What you will see is a beautiful, godly, gracious woman, and that's who is here to tell us today about how we can move toward God-given goals, even if we are scared to death, even if the circumstances we're in mm-hmm. are making us say, can't possibly work, yeah. just, just can't possibly work. <laughs> and if mm-hmm. you're, you know, if you're like me too, you know, you can be one moment full of faith and the next moment scared under the bed, you know, just like uh, mm-hmm. goes back and forth. Right. So, I mean, we just have mm-hmm. to keep reminding ourselves of these principles of truth from God. And um, let's go ahead and dive in. You have actually a number one weapon to use mm-hmm. against doubt and fear. Let's talk about that first. Well, the number one weapon to use against doubt and fear is identity
1: in Christ. And what this is all about is when we receive Christ as our Savior, when we know Jesus as our Lord and we submit to God, he gives us a new identity. And that, for me, was something I didn't know about for about 20 years. Uh, it was so difficult for me to set aside um, some of the lies that I had believed about myself because as a young person, as an 8-year-old, I was told, you know, bullying, it's a very big buzzword now, but when I was little, there wasn't a buzzword, but people, kids still made fun of me. And I think some people in our listening audience can, re- they can really relate to that. So I didn't know that God says that I am God's child. He says that I am accepted. I am secure. It's not that I am Cheryl G. Turner, but it's that what God tells me is true. And that's the difference is to understand our view of ourselves and see ourselves how God sees us,
0: mm. when we were in Africa, you shared three things the <laughs> way over and over and over and over uh, that we have to keep in mind about our identity in Christ, who we are in Christ. Can you share those right now?
1: Yes, I am loved, I am safe, I am important. And I am loved means I am forgiven of all my sins. And the scripture that was quoted into my life as I was a rebellious teenager was First Peter 4.8. I didn't know that was a scripture. It was a phrase, love covers a multitude of sins. And that's what I am loved about. Because even though maybe you can't love yourself, maybe your shame and blame and unworthiness are telling you lies that you've begun to believe. God tells us, no, I see you as my loved child. And the second one is I am safe, and that's another thing that God wants us to remember that we are declared not guilty, and that is Romans eight one. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, and so that means God doesn't see our shame and blame. That's all been washed away by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. God sees us as clean and white and righteous. And the last one is I am important, and when God looks at us, at you and me, mommy. He sees us as His masterpiece. He has plans for us, and that's Ephesians 2:10 that tells us, "For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so that we can do the good things
0: He has planned for us
1: from long ago."
0: Wow, isn't that cool? It is. It is so amazing. I and I just when we were together in Africa, I heard you do this multiple times. I am loved. And you'd have us say back, I am loved. (laughs) I am safe. Mm -hmm. I am safe. I am important. I am important. You know, and it just has to get down into our bones uh, where we are Mm -hmm. just so confident and sure about these things that we just don't, when the lies of the enemy come against us, we don't believe them anymore because we just know that these are true, that I am God's child. You know, you talk about sometimes life just comes and engulfs us. And you think about the word engulf, it's such a powerful word because you think about that wave coming over you, taking you right under where you cannot breathe, you don't know which way is up, you're just drowning, you're just engulfed in whatever it is that is occupying your brain right then and yet you're still supposed to hold on to faith in those periods of time. So what do you, you, know, what do you encourage us to do? Well, it's it's
1: hard when you're feeling down or discouraged, and it's really hard to feel when you're pushed down, you said. And also, I kind of look at it as being encased in, in, in or covered up by a fog. And um, we've all felt that way. And basically, what we have to do and what we have to choose is to renew our minds because we choose what thoughts land in our minds. It's kind of like if you are an air traffic controller you have all these planes that want to land, and your, your mind, our minds are a landing field. And we really determine which thoughts are, are lies that we're going to say, no, you're not landing here. <laughs> I'm going to push that away and then um, allow truthful thoughts to land. And how we can determine those things is by knowing our identity in Christ and speaking out affirmations or even God's word. Because when we do that, that's what blows away the fog of doubt. It brings light you know, God's word is the light. Jesus is the light. And when we come against these lies and fears, then we bring into the truth and we begin to believe what God tells us is true about ourselves. Hmm.
0: The picture that I'm getting in my head is this cradling type of a situation where we're going along and life is happening and then... um and then something comes engulfing over us, but we are safely cradled inside of the submarine of God's love. You know, you're, you've got this cocoon yeah. around you. And even though even though everything may be falling apart, you don't have to be falling apart because God isn't falling apart. And that, he, that's who you're with. That's who we're with in those moments. I, just, I love that. I love in Ephesians 2, verse, starting with verse 4, where it says that we are actually seated in the heavenlies with Christ. Um, we're mm. right in any moment... I can just crawl onto Daddy's lap, and usually I crawl on so that I'm facing toward my right because Jesus is at his right-hand side, and so then right there, I'm just right there with God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and we're just having a powwow about whatever's going on, or even more than that, about just my needs in the moment, you know, that I am crushed, I am overwhelmed, I need help, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like, it's back to the airline analogy you know you you get your own face mask on first and then you help the child or elderly person next to you <laughs> was really and then, <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. yeah so and i like what you're talking about here too. be prepared that you know I, I think the thing we can count on is that sometimes life is going to get overwhelming where you can't see yeah. up you can't breathe there's no time to run get your bible study book out you're just going to have to walk through it with Jesus. And, and then you're just happy, you know, that you have Bible verses memorized and that you have these truths deep down in your heart. What has been um, a couple of the most valuable things for you personally as far as getting prepared?
1: For me, it's about um, just I, I think you sh- I shared with you guys on the trip about my bookmarks Works with me. But I also have my little cards. Uh, mine aren't as small as yours, Marty. <laughs> They're like your pocket-sized ones. But mine, I have a three-by-five card. Business, but like a thing that I flip and I keep track of, of different... Oh, it
0: sounds like we're, just we're kind of losing, Cheryl. Here, here you come back. Okay, we kind of lost that. Okay, you have a three-by-five what? I have three-by-five cards,
1: and I, I remind myself by speaking the word over myself, but also just the affirmation that God gives us to the book. Mm.
0: You guys that are listening, I know that Cheryl mentioned ahead of, has had a time today that they are having weather out there in Bakersfield today. And so as she's popping in and out here, um, I think that that's what's going on. We'll see if we can see if we can hear her again here in a moment. Cheryl, can you check in with us? Yeah. Are you doing? All right. Can you hear me now? Yep, I can. Okay, so you use 3 by 5 cards. And that's something that I use too is um, 3 by 5 just recipe cards and and write down the Bible verse on them. Otherwise, I have a, a scripture memory uh, tool that helps me to print it out and, and get the first letter of each verse. Uh, memorizing scripture is just a huge, huge bonus. Um, it, it's not only because you've got it memorized, but it's because as you memorize it, you're meditating on it in a deeper way than you otherwise would. Yeah, And mm-hmm. then, you know, what does your, your prayer life look like through the day, Cheryl? I'm
1: really trying to check in on a regular basis with God. Every every 15 or so minutes, I'm just really trying to bring it back to him and, and praying Matthew six thirty three, 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, really an, it's really an easy prayer, but it takes the memory of, you know, coming back to ground level, why are we doing all this for him? No, no, for ourselves, right. no. For him, yes. Right. And so, um, our motivation and our creativity and the interruptions that we sometimes would rather not have, um, those are all from him too.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And just keeping that, I love that. I love that. Just praying that verse. You know, is this is this for your kingdom? Because you're going to add everything anyway. So, is this for your kingdom or not? It's really simple. Yes or no. Yes or no questions, yeah. just check in with really frequently. Love that. Well, this is Marnie Swedberg. We're visiting today with Dr. Cheryl uh, Turner, uh, Geisberg Turner, and we are going to come right back and talk about a true story about Mother Teresa's doubt and what we can learn from her life as well. as how to boldly confront your fears and doubts without shame or inhibition. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Minutes with Marnie is my per-minute coaching service. Whenever you feel stuck, have an idea you want to run by me, need to pick my brain, or would like me to edit your one-page or media pitch, just schedule a 15- to 60-minute session using the Easy Calendar tool at Marnie.com. I'm so grateful that you're here with us today, and I hope to connect with you one-on-one soon. Visit Marnie.com, that's M-A-R-N-I-E.com, to schedule your coaching session right now. Hey everybody, welcome back. We're visiting today with Dr. Turner from from AshesToBeauty.com about how to keep moving toward your God-given goals despite being scared. speechless. we are having a little bit of technical difficulty. I know Cheryl, you've got weather out there in Bakersfield, and we're doing the best we can here. But most of the time, we're able to hear you, so that's great. Let's talk now. I have heard about this too, but I'm excited to get your take on it. Um, we want you to tell the Mother Teresa story. And uh, what, that, what, what really popped out of that for you?
1: Wow. This was such an amazing uh, discovery for me in, a, in the research for this book. I was actually looking for famous believers, and some of them you already know about. Um, C.S. Lewis was one. Um, there are several others that are notable theologians. But I was very surprised that Mother Teresa was among the doubters on that list. And her story turns out that she had written 66 years of letters. And these were to the priests that were her kind of uh, overseers. Of course, she was ministering in India. So within these letters, she basically, it was six six decades, 60 years of, of doubts that she was able to express in these handwritten notes. And it was um, she had also asked them to destroy these letters, but because they were not destroyed, you and I can learn something from them. She, there's a great quote here that I'm going to read, and it says, um, and this is Mother Mother Teresa who says this. She says, "As for me, the silence and emptiness is so great that I look and I do not see, I listen and I do not hear." The tongue moves in prayer but does not speak. Can you believe that? That, that Mother hmm. Teresa felt that she had, you know how sometimes we pray and we wonder if God's listening <laughs> because there's this silence and maybe you've prayed a prayer for a really long time and you don't. you're not getting an answer and we wonder where is God. And yet Mother Teresa dealt with the same things that we did but she stayed faithful because she knew that her God, her God is faithful
0: and was faithful to her. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And, you know, it reminds me of in Oswald Chambers book, uh, My Utmost for His Highest. He talks in there about the dark nights of the soul where, you know, it's just like there's just clouds blocking your spirit from God's spirit. It's just so weird. Um, These seasons where it's just all quiet and it's, it's like God, where are you? and you know he must be there, but you're just not not being able to sense him or feel him or experience him like usual. And he talks about those as um, periods of trust building where God is God is being silent intentionally to test your to test your trust and to expand your mm-hmm. trust in him where when we come out and we've believed we've held on through it and then we see how he, acts in the, in the, you know, and people in the Bible like Job or you think of Joseph mm-hmm. or so many people in the Bible who had to do that, um, just go, go ahead and go in the fiery furnace, you know, um, mm-hmm. just go on in uh, and just trust that God's going to be there. But then afterwards, wow, what a story, what a story there is to tell because God is always faithful. And it is surprising though, like Mother Teresa, like you say, it's surprising to hear how deeply her doubts ran.
1: Yes, it is, and yet she she was very vulnerable and honest, <clears throat> and I really think that that helped her push through, don't you?
0: Well, and I think it's what made her so lovable. Um, the whole world loves you know, love Mother Teresa. Uh, she was yeah. just this, this small woman whose mission was to help people die with dignity. I mean, <laughs> what a crazy mission. Uh, she wasn't even trying to, you know, get them better or anything. She's just trying to help them die with dignity, and she became world-famous. But I think it's because she was so authentic. And, you know, when I think about the Bible, the person that God really brags about in the Bible is King David. He brags Mm -hmm. over and over about King David. And he says, you know, this was a good king, but not quite as good as King David. Or this was a bad king, nothing like King David. You know, he goes on and on about King David. But in the end, I mean, King David was a murderer, an adulterer. I mean, he had some serious you know, some serious life issues going on. But I think what God really, really loved and valued about David was he was so honest about his weaknesses and failures. You know, he was just honest with God. He, He did not try to hide them. And he did after Bathsheba, he did try to hide that. And God called him right on the carpet on it and got it out so that he could move on. But he really, in the Psalms we see that he was very authentic, vulnerable, humble before God and just you know, said like it was, you know, I'm really mad yes. today, I just want to kill him. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And and living that way is just so so beautiful and powerful. And I love I I love that Mother Teresa um actually like you say, that they didn't destroy it, but instead that we were able to experience and grow from that experience from her experiences too. We're normal. That's right. We That's have <laughs> Okay, so now we want to talk about how to boldly confront these fears and doubts without shame or inhibition. So it's one thing to say, okay, I've got them. You mm-hmm. know, I'm sure God is, I'm <clears throat> displeased with me for having them. But the answer to that mm-hmm. is no, not, not particularly.
1: Well, what's so difficult for us as um, as I, my story is that, you know, I really didn't know how to put a label on how I felt or what was going on with me. I didn't know what to do, but to be honest with yourself, but to be tender, not to be so hard on yourself. Like, why didn't I get this before now? I think I've even said that to myself, you know, what wrong with me? Well, it's God's timing. When you get to the point that God is helping you to deal with these things, because, you know, we don't have to face these things alone. Um, Proverbs twenty eight thirteen says, whoever, conceals their sins does not prosper but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy and so to be open with god like you mentioned king david and i talk about him in one of my chapters as well but also to be be honest with just the journey that god has us on and to let him let his healing come to us at the time that he he
0: decides yeah i'm going through um right now i'm working my way through boundaries the book by um uh, Townsend and Cloud. And I have, I had gone through it years ago and then uh, somebody challenged me to go through it again uh, now. And I'm just loving it. But one of the things that I thought was so beautiful and it ties in with this thought, they recommend that if you've been, um, if you've been like, uh, so with boundaries, you're thinking about, you know, people that kind of press in on your boundaries all the time. And sometimes in, in order to survive that, you put up a wall, You kind of make this, Mm -hmm. (laughs) instead of a boundary, you have like a brick wall or something, and you hide (laughs) things behind that wall because you feel safer that way. So um, one of the things they were talking about, this honesty piece, was you've done this and you've had a good reason to hide things behind the wall, but what if those things, what if right now you just listed those things out and you just talked to God about them? Just talk to God about them and about your desire to be honest and be vulnerable, even with this person in your life that's pressed in on your boundaries, um, on your borders, and I just think, think it is so safe to talk to God about these things, but what we tend to do is we tend to think that God is like someone who is pushing our boundaries, someone who's coming farther than we wanted them to come, and so... We even hide from him, even though he doesn't really deserve that kind of a response. Oh, and we lost Cheryl. Her line completely dropped now. (laughs) That's okay. She'll be back. She'll be back. So, you guys, I I do want to encourage you to um, check out that book, Boundaries. It's really cool. And Cheryl actually has a new book out right now called It'll Be Okay, It'll be okay. And this book, you know, a lot of what we're talking about today is in here. But, of course, deeper dive and it'll help you. And Cheryl's background is so cool that you're going to just learn so much from her. One of the things I found in being with her for extended periods of time and not just in Africa but also in the United States is that she is the real deal. She she walks her talk and she's such a, a healthy, balanced Person in Christ. She has allowed Christ to do a lot of healing in her life, and you guys are going to just love, 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 love her new book. Um, It'll be okay. Cheryl, I think you're back here. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes, I can. Awesome. Like I said, it's the weather. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Yeah, that's okay. It happens. We this is kind of what we're talking about today is storms in life. So we're just fine. We're just experiencing one real time.
1: <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> if we can't get through this, then we
0: aren't really walking the talk. Okay, so I was talking about the honesty piece being so important. And uh, we, what we need to do is really be honest with God because he doesn't deserve to be blocked out. Like people who infringe upon our boundaries maybe do yeah. need to be blocked out of a period of our life for a season. Um, but God really never does. And he... I always mm-hmm. say he's the only one that can handle my junk. He really wants to hear about all my troubles, all my emotions, all my whatever. He's he's looking forward to helping me through them.
1: Mm-hmm. So true, so true. It's so hard because we, we don't, it's embarrassing. Like that's probably one of the biggest right. reasons for me. I was a pastor's wife and <laughs> I was so embarrassed even by but why would another human being even want to hear some of the stuff that I had done and I couldn't even forgive myself, let alone how could other people but what I was doing was projecting what God, what I thought or how I thought God was handling my stuff and I thought, oh no, God can't handle that but guess what I was wrong I was totally wrong I, I wouldn't I what's grace from God? God's grace covers all of that stuff and like you said, he takes it he wants our stuff he wants. I use the illustration, ashes, and how what happens when we give them our ashes of loss, disappointment, bitterness, and mistakes. God always takes those ashes and rearranges them into something beautiful. And the something beautiful is what gives him glory. And that's what it's all about.
0: It's (laughs) about his glory. Years ago, I was so disappointed with life and I just couldn't seem to do anything right and even when I would try to help people they'd end up in tears and I was just at the end I didn't know what to do anymore and I, I was very discouraged and I started praying this prayer before I got up every morning and I prayed it for a long time for several months I just said God except for the fact that I believe that you're going to take my mistakes my missteps and my misspoken words today and you're gonna turn them into beautiful flower gardens because if that isn't true then I'm not getting out of bed. <laughs> and I just said that day after day and you know, but I viewed I viewed even my best you know, I needed to come there. I viewed even my best effort as manure. That you know, as mm. as just like you're saying, mm-hmm. the ashes that go in the garden and make it grow better. You know, that's yeah. really that's really what we have to bring. It's really not so All spectacular. When we get right down to it, it's just you know, it's just little us just bringing our little junk, and God just turning it into beautiful stuff. And that's where the that's where the joy comes from, Cheryl, isn't it? Just seeing that God can take a mess like me, you know, and and use me. It's like wow, it's incredible.
1: Yes, it is. It's just amazing because really, we have nothing to offer Him anyway unless we're filled up to the brim with jesus then we what are we going to do right (laughs) right
0: Right. flow through vessel okay we're going to take a little break and come right back talk about uh what to do when the answers just won't come and also how to handle your moses moments those times when you are sure that god's just plain chosen the wrong spokesperson we'll be right back Find your next speaker at WomenSpeakers.com, the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, featuring nearly 1,000 Christian women speakers from every state, denomination, and fee range, some near you. It's all available to you 24 hours a day, so you can start your most enjoyable speaker search anytime you have time. Search by location, name, topic, or fee range connect directly with the speakers you like using their social media links or the online connection box. It's really that easy. WomenSpeakers.com has been the number one online connection place since 2002. Speaker profiles include a bio, professional headshot photo, a list of topics with descriptions, some references from people who've heard them speak, and so much more. It's all fast, Fun and free to search anytime you have time, day or night. Check it out right now dot womenspeakers.com. That's www.womenseekers.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie. We're visiting today with Dr. Schergeist Geisberg Turner of from ashes dot beautycom and we're talking about how to keep moving towards your God-given goals despite being scared, speechless. Cheryl, welcome back mm-hmm. to you. Let's go ahead and talk about uh, what to do when the answers just won't come. Boy, I don't know. You know, this is one of the, I think this is one of the hardest things is waiting. Oh, it's hard yes, to wait. Yes, it
1: is. It is. Waiting is not a four-letter word. Well, it is, but it isn't, you know.
0: <laughs> it is definitely
1: not a bad word. So I just thank God for opportunities. I've I've waited in doctor's offices. I've waited on test results. I've waited on people. I've waited in lines. And all of us have done all of those things and more than that. But when we're waiting on the Lord, what we are doing is choosing to have an attitude of inviting him into our waiting room and the waiting room of God is all of those things that I mentioned earlier, but it is all the other things too that we need to focus on and be honest about that. Maybe God is asking us to wait on Um, things that we want God to do for us, but there's other things that he is going to do with us while we're waiting. So inviting God's Mm -hmm. presence into that waiting room is a key thing because you and I have a choice. Will we worry or will we choose to be prayerful while we're waiting? Or will we have anxiety or will we choose to be prayerful? I mean, we've got the choice of how we will wait. If we invite God into our waiting room, that is the key. And you know Isaiah 40:31, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength they will soar on wings of eagles. And that's what waiting is about. You don't have to stay stuck. You're not grounded in that waiting room. You're basically choosing how you will wait and you will rise above that circumstance that you feel like, oh, why is God taking this time? Well, God's timing is always perfect. And I'm not saying that in a pat answer way because I've had things that I've waited on for years. In fact, some of the things that I'm waiting on, I've been praying for for about 25 years, and and I still haven't seen the answer. Mm -hmm. But you and I can Mm -hmm. be like Mother Teresa. She continued to put her roots down deep in faith in the waiting room that she was in when she felt like she wasn't getting that closeness to God. She was closer to God than maybe some of us will ever be. But but she didn't feel that, and yet she kept pressing in, and that's our choice
0: in the waiting room. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I was thinking um, after we got back from Africa, I I wrote a prayer. God actually poured a prayer through me, and it starts like this: um, I choose to, re- in this moment, I choose to release and forgive every last thing that is not for our good. And I with hmm. exuberant joy and Thanksgiving receive your perfect plan, provision, and protection for us now. There is no loss lack limitation, lateness, or lameness with you. And it goes on and talks about how God is the king and ruler over all. Well, after that, there was a point where one time the, um, the leader of the African mission there had emailed me and he just said, please pray, the babies are crying, there is no milk. So basically, he was communicating, they're starving. (laughs) You know, they've got got this orphanage full of children and babies, and there's no milk. There's nothing to feed the children. I Hmm. right away, of course, checked, is there money to send? No, we couldn't send money right then. That was just not possible. I checked with Dave even, and nope, that was not possible right then. Went to just prayer with them, and But I was mad. I was mad at God. I was like, how could you let this happen? You know, what are you doing? You're not being a good dad. You said you'd blah, 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 blah. And at one point, God just really convicted me. Marnie, you're not praying. You're not praying by faith. You're just whining. You're just whining, and you're miserable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I thought, you know, that's true. And so I began to really pray this prayer afresh and anew, believing that God was really the king of the universe like he said he is and trusting that God was going to provide for their needs like he said he was. And a couple weeks later, mm-hmm. Sam got back to me and just said, praise God. He came through and all things are well. And, and, you know, God does. He. But when you don't have milk for the babies, I think you're scared. It is painful. You mm-hmm. know, you you want somebody to come and save you. When God's really asking you down on your face, pray believe i'm going to come through for you but it is tough to wait if you're in a waiting season right now oh jesus let's just pray for sure let's just pray for our listeners right now if you're in a waiting season right now jesus no. we just come before you and ask for your mercy and grace over all of those who are right now waiting maybe they mm-hmm. feel like they're waiting in the dark or' waiting alone yeah. in a deep hole or a dungeon or a cave where they can't see any light, but Jesus, the reality is is that you are present with them right now. You're fully aware of where they are, and you are actually working out their salvation. You are actually right now orchestrating the events to lead them into a new and higher place. Go ahead, Cheryl. Hmm.
1: Oh, God, thank you for the time in the waiting room. Sometimes it's so hard to thank you, but, Lord, we're determining, we're deciding right now that we are going to praise you no matter what because we know that praise heals our mind. So, God, help us to believe you that your answers are coming and that your timing is always perfect. We love you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Father, that you are a good, good Father, and we are willing to wait.
0: Amen, amen. And you guys, I I think the I think the other thing that I learned with this, you know, and the words are, you know, lack, loss, limitation, and lateness. And those are the things that really were just bothering me over and over. God, where are you? You know, there's an empty, gaping hole right here that needs you. Where are you? But what God has taught me is that any time you experience any of these four Ls—loss, lack, lateness, or limitation—that what's happening is God is like sucking in. And making a room, a space for something even better than what you had or what you anticipated. Every moment you wait, God is preparing the answer. And that you can, instead of being so anxious and upset about it and worried and distraught, we can live in this anticipation. And uh, there was, um, I can't remember, it wasn't Oswald Chambers, it was another uh, major, Ian Thomas, who said, you know, in mm. no more, no more sigh of sadness, only breathless anticipation about what God's going to do next. I mean, that's such a different way mm. to live. It <laughs> is breathless anticipation. <laughs> that even sounds fun, right? <laughs> that is, it. yeah. Cheryl, are you still there? Yeah, I am. Okay, good, good. Okay, now you're back. Okay. All right, let's go ahead and talk about Moses' moments. I love that. The times when you you are sure that God's chosen the wrong spokesperson. I think um, all of us have been there, whether it's being a spokesperson or a job we're supposed to do or a project we're supposed to handle or a child we're supposed to parent or whatever it is, being like, I think you got the wrong girl. Um, Just talk to us about this because I think it happens to everybody. It does, and
1: it's about, again, <clears throat> Excuse me, knowing who you are in Christ and also trusting that God will give you the confidence that only comes from him. That's God confidence. So in ourselves, we are nothing. But like you've already said, in God, we lack nothing. <laughs> and so if we know right. who we are in Christ, like in myself, I am Cheryl Giesbrecht-Turner. I'm a woman, a wife, a mom. A daughter, an aunt, a grandma, employee, missionary, writer, speaker, media personality. But these are things I do. These are roles that I take on, not who I am. Who I really am is who I am in Christ. And that's back to our list. I am loved. I am forgiven of all my sins. I am loved for all eternity. I am safe. I am declared not guilty. I am secure. I am important. I am God's masterpiece, and God has a meaningful purpose for my life. And also, just saying, Lord, I want what You want. Matthew six thirty three. I want Your will to be done. So, if this is not from You, then
0: let me know what that what is from You and what is not. Yeah, I love using Matthew six thirty three as just your litmus test all the way through the days. You know. Is this what I'm supposed to be doing yeah. right now? Is this for your kingdom? Yeah, it's just a, it's such a simple, and it's such a wonderful promise too, because He just promises that if we will focus on what is important to Him, that He will focus on what we need. I mean, that's that's what I that's the kind of interaction I want God to have with my needs list. You know, <laughs> so he's, yes. he's He's on it. <laughs> so, yes, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So tell us tell us about a recent Moses moment for you. Have you had something that's happened recently that you thought, "Oof, I just don't know if I'm the right person for that."
1: Yes, I have. It it's still in transition now, but as as mm-hmm. you know, it it just goes back to what is God teaching me through this? Again, it's about waiting and having your word, um your bookmark or your three-by-five cards in front of you um, waiting on a decision to uh, implement some things in our church. Um, We've been running a, a, I don't know if you want to call it a program, but kind of a curriculum for a couple years, and we need to change it up a little bit because we want more people to be involved in it. And you know how once you get into a certain time slot or or room, a classroom situation, there there seems to be some uh, staleness, and and we're so excited. There's about six or seven of us that are very excited about this teaching, and we just want more people to come. So my scripture for that is Psalm 130, verse 5. I wait for the Lord, my whole being waits, and I put his, or I'm sorry, and in his word I put my hope. And, you know, the mm-hmm. part where I have trouble is my whole being waits because my mind wants to run ahead and make my own plans, and my emotions want to say nobody cares about me or us, our curriculum, our needs, or other people, even. And how mean is that for me to even think that about my church? Because we all are going in the same direction. We all want our, all the people that attend our church to become fully devoted followers of Christ. And so I'm, I'm going back to the scripture, Psalm 130, verse 5. I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And in his word, I put my hope, not on what is happening or what is not happening, but in, in his word, because his word never changes. And I can go back to the scriptures and stand firm, knowing that even maybe if I wonder if, if I'm the right person to push this through, that God's going to help it go through when he says it's time, Right.
0: You know, I have, I, all, I have come to believe that when we get to heaven, the thing that will surprise us most, looking back over history and our lives, the thing that will surprise us most is God's timing and how much of everything that happened to us was about timing, getting us in a certain place at a certain time. I, I remember praying um, in a deep prayer session one time with God because my childhood was so difficult. I was... Started school when I was just four years old in kindergarten, and I struggled all the way through, really didn't learn how to read until I was mm. an adult. It was just a challenge. Every day of my school mm. schooling as a child was a challenge. It was just difficult mm. for me. And I remember just mm. being like, God, you know, why would you have put yeah. me through that? And he mm-hmm. just reminded me that because I graduated at age 17, things happened in my life after that point where I was in a particular place at a particular time that I couldn't have otherwise been if I had started school at age five or if I had been held back. Wow. I couldn't have been in that place in that time to meet my husband. And now we have been married mm. for 34 years. And in that moment, I, and I'll cry now, it's like it was so worth it, you know. Okay, yeah. 13 years, 13 years of difficulty. Well, we've already had. 34 years of marriage, and we have three adult children and our first grandbabies on the way, and which part of that wouldn't I want, you know? But yeah. that's what it took to get me there at that particular time. So when we get to heaven, I think, you know, I think we'll be flat out. I think we'll be just so grateful. We'll be like, sorry, I whined. Sorry, I was impatient. <laughs> sorry, I was a bad waiter. Just a really bad waiter. <laughs> but God already knows all that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, this is Marty Sledberg. We're visiting today with Dr. Cheryl Geisberg Turner of FromAshesToBeauty.com. We're going to come back and talk about how to view doubt as a friend versus a foe and also what to make of life's most confusing circumstances, even in the midst of the chaos. We'll be right back. Welcome back. This is Marnie, and we are on the home stretch here of our show on how to keep moving towards your God-given goals with our guest, Cheryl Geisberg-Turner. Thank you for being here, Cheryl, and thank you guys for being here. Can't have a show without listeners. Cheryl, let's go ahead and talk about how to view doubt as a friend versus foe. So um, we were talking just a minute ago about um, the need to have faith during the waiting periods but yet Mm -hmm. um, that's one thing, you know, so you've got faith and you're going through the waiting period and it's still tough, but you know, you're going through it and you're going to make it through it. But now let's say that you're going through the waiting period and you can't find that faith. (laughs) It's just like, Oh, I don't know if I have faith to go through this.
1: Well, I think it helps to look into our past, the history that how God has provided in the past uh, seasons of our lives. Um, So rehearsing the past is one way to look at it. But the other thing is to turn to a friend who loves you, who loves God, who knows God's word and talk to them about your fears maybe, or some of these things that you may be believing about God may be lies and they can help us to blow away the fog of doubt. Um, I, I think of also expecting doubt to come because I um in doing research for this book I did a survey and one person said well I don't have any doubt and I thought well that's good for you I don't I don't know that many people that don't I think it's just about having a label on doubt and doubt is not a sin doubt uh, living a doubting life is because that's unbelief that's what happened to Pharaoh when God gave Pharaoh over to unbelief because his heart was hard and he refused to believe God, the, the God of Israel. And so that's what can happen to us if we don't keep turning back to faith. Not, these are not people of faith that I'm talking about. These are pre-Christians, pre-believers. So for us as believers, we can expect that doubt will come, but we have to know what to do about it. And that's when the seeds of faith are sown and also fertilized, as you mentioned, with the ashes or anything that we may have tested God on. Then we can say, "Ah, oh, I know God is faithful, and I see that He is doing something deeper in me, and the deeper place is where all of us want to be, but it's a hard it
0: takes a hard thing to get there, doesn't it? It does. And I think that it's just it's just like if if the clouds come over and it's cloudy for days and days and days, what happens is you tend to believe there's no sun anymore. Of course there's mm-hmm. not. It's just not showing up for you. You know, and I think that when, when we go into these dark nights of the soul where we're in this black cave and there you just aren't hearing from God like you used to or like you've been normally doing and you're just, oh, it's just so easy to go into doubt. It's been a while for me. We've had a really tough, intense year. And God has been very faithfully um, showing up. Uh, in in many different ways throughout this past year or so, but I think just last year even I can remember, I can remember my son talking to me about that he felt guilty for doubting God. He should he should know better, and I said, "Yeah, but mm-hmm. Tim, I I just recently doubted God myself, and if you should know better, I should know two times better than you, <laughs> ten times, a hundred thousand mm-hmm. times better than you, not to doubt God. And yet, when the clouds go over and you can't see or feel it for a while." It begins to feel like it will never come back again, you know. And as humans, we we tend to get to that point pretty fast, don't we?
1: Yes, we do. And and I think that is a great illustration of how to kind of talk it through. Thank God that you were you have that kind of relationship with your son. That is beautiful, and just helping him to see that it's not a sin to doubt. And that's what this book is all about. It's called "It'll Be Okay: Finding God When Doubt Hides the mm-hmm. Truth." Because that's what doubt is. It's like a fog. And after a while, some of us have felt that, well, then there must be no sun. No, there is. But it's covered right now. (laughs) And our job is to go back to the word of God and to let God's Holy Spirit blow away the fog of
0: doubt with the truth of his word. This reminds me of how happy I am that heaven is not a globe. (laughs) So I realized Mm. a couple years ago. That one of the things that always bugged me was that, you know, we say that in order for us to really understand good, there must be evil. In order for us to really appreciate the warmth of God's love, there must be the cold of darkness. All these things. But I was like, yeah, but that that can't be true because heaven doesn't have those things, and yet we can fully experience them. And then one day I realized, oh, heaven is a sphere, it is not a globe. So on this earth, the way God has the earth spinning is it's gravitational and it's spinning and it has to have night and day, dark and light, mm. cold and hot, thirsty and, and nourished. It has to have these things because it's the earth. But when we get to heaven, those things are no longer needed. It is always sun. It is always light. It is always Always satisfied. It is so different from earth. And it makes me so happy because I think one of the things that we, you know, like we're talking about here, when tide goes out, like in a relationship or in a job or in a ministry or whatever, when tide's Mm -hmm. out, it feels like it's never coming back in. But the reality of walking with God is if you just keep walking with God, Tai will come back in. It will come. The the sun will come through again. It will shine. And there's just this Mm -hmm. need for us here in this earthly journey. There's a need for us to be patient and persistent and develop perseverance and all those words we really don't like very much, but they're really important. (laughs) God has it set up this way. And we can just rest and know that when we are frail, there's that verse in the Psalms that says that God knew that knew that the children of Israel knew that they were just dust or a vapor that just blows with the wind. You know, he recognizes our frailty and that we're in a tough place. Earth is not heaven. It is hard here and he gets Mm -hmm.
1: that. It is. And in the Bible there are so many people who so many people of faith who really work through their doubt and some one of them Naomi um, she uh wasn't sure what to do when both her husband well, her sons and her husband died and then when her daughter-in-law Ruth had said I'm going to go with you wherever you go and and they had to really push through this devastating situation of of figuring mm-hmm. out what to do after all of these losses and God provided for Naomi and for Ruth but they knew the Bible they knew the history the the uh, law that said that the kinsman redeemer the distant relative would provide and so that's one of the reasons why they went back to their homeland or it was Naomi's homeland and the Ruth, Ruth was grafted in <laughs> but so you know but knowing the faithfulness of God even in your own life or looking at your favorite scriptures and your favorite Bible characters these people really lived these are not fairy tales these things really happen you know jonah he was released from the whale and he went and he lived to uh, evangelize the whole city of nineveh and god used him in a powerful way but he had his doubts too in fact he ran away at first there are many many others and i'm sure you
0: have your favorites
1: too don't you marnie
0: I do. And you know, one of the things I like to say is that all of these great stories, whether they're Cheryl's or mine or from the Bible, they're all awesome to hear about afterwards, but they're really hard to live. (laughs) If you think if you just ever put yourself in those people's shoes, you would just go, Oh my goodness, that was so hard and you know this kind of segues into our last point that we wanted to talk about is what to make of life's most confusing circumstances, even in the midst of the chaos. And I'm, I'm going to let you share in a moment, Cheryl, but for me, what I've come to understand is the most confusing circumstances or the ones where I feel the most lack, loss, limitation, or lateness of God are the times when he's getting ready to really do something new, to do something bigger or better than I anticipated.
1: Mm, so true. Well, one thing I remembered from Job chapter 2, verse 10 when Job asked his wife when she said just curse God and die after all the things that had happened to him, you know, his children were killed, his, he lost his crops and he was very rich man. He lost everything basically. And he said this, he said, should we accept good from God and not trouble? And as believers, we sometimes feel like, well, once I know Jesus is my savior and I'm living a fruitful Christian life, shouldn't I have no problems? Oh no. (laughs) My friends, Sometimes they even get more intense. Not that we are like a magnet for problems, but yet Jesus says in John 16, I have told you these things so that in me you might have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And it's only through looking to Jesus to look how he says he wants us to push through the fog of doubt by standing on the truth of
0: his word. And I have to tell you guys that so many of the miracles we hear of people coming to faith as adults happen because they have literally watched somebody, watched a godly person walk through a traumatic occurrence in their life. And they're like, Mm. how in the world could you stay sane? How could you be kind to people? How could you ever live through that? And be joyful mm. in it, and it's because they have walked through a terrible circumstance with Jesus, and just shown how Jesus does walk through terrible circumstances. You know we saw it on the cross, he just forgave, and he was so gracious mm. and even the guy next to him, who should have for sure gone to hell, he's like, yeah, come on with me. Let's go to heaven together. You know, and, and mm. that is that is how we are when Jesus is flowing through our lives. So this hour has flown by. Of course, I knew it would. <laughs> <But> Cheryl, <laughs> uh, so fun to be with you here today.
1: Thank you, my friend. It's been a pleasure.
0: And if people go over to From Ashes to Beauty, what are they going to find there? They're going to find
1: out about my ministry, but they're also going to find out that there's some really cool free stuff. Um, The Identity in Christ uh, resources are there. There's some of my teachings from my blog, They're also going to be able to find my author page, which we created because of the book launch. We're still in the middle of that. So I would love any of you guys to join my book launch team. It's CherylGeespreck.com, and that's connected to the From Ashes to Beauty website. And with that, it doesn't take much. You can read the instructions, and I'd love to have you join the journey with us.
0: Oh, and the book is called It'll Be Okay. You want to check that out as well as www.from.com ashes2beauty.com. Cheryl, thank you so much. I can, I always love any minutes I get with you and never enough, but heaven will heaven will heaven will satisfy me somehow. <laughs> All right, and you guys, thank you for being here. It's been just such a delight to have you with us this afternoon. Thank you to those of you who host us on your uh, websites and on your stations appreciate that so much and if you would be interested in hosting us just go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash Marnie's friends and you'll be able to find a player box there or else you can contact us directly at Marnie.com and there's a um, a contact form at the bottom of every page thanks again for being here hope to see you next time and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day bye bye